In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together. We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production. In a province known for oil and gas and tar sands, Alberta's renewables industry is something of an unexpected success. It has been growing rapidly for years now, making it the envy of other provinces and even other countries. And naturally, the good times will keep on rolling. The Alberta government is announcing a six-month pause on all approvals of large renewable energy projects. Okay, uh, where did that come from? The provincial government's announcement last week seems to have caught everyone flat-footed, from the industry to analysts and reporters to the federal government. So, to put it bluntly, why? Why now? Why would the province mess with success? What does Premier Smith say about the reasoning behind this decision, and does it make any sense? And while renewable energy projects in Alberta may only be halted for six months, what does that do? to an industry that has been gathering steam, to a province currently attempting to recruit from elsewhere, and to a country that is taking serious aim at net zero energy by 2035. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Bob Weber is a longtime reporter at the Canadian Press. He specializes in the environment, environmental politics, and Arctic issues. Hello, Bob. Good morning. Can you start maybe by giving us a sense of the scale of the renewables industry in Alberta? I know uh, we know it for its oil and gas. What's the industry like there? I mean, you've heard of zero to 60. Here in Alberta, renewable power has been kind of like zero to 600. Mm -hmm. Uh, Renewable power currently produces about 17% of Alberta's power. Just uh, five years ago in 2018, that was 10%. There was $34 million invested in uh, renewable power in 2017. In 2021, just four years after that, it was $2.4 billion. And that was expected to uh, increase to $3.7 billion this year. Three quarters of all the renewable power generation in Canada that's being installed is being installed in Alberta. It's a boom industry. Uh, there's, There's no other way to describe it. And there's nothing uh, in the way of it continuing to be a boom industry, right? No hiccups, no roadblocks, nothing. (laughs) It's all smooth sailing, wink, wink. Um, Yeah, maybe just explain exactly what the Alberta government has chosen to do before we get into maybe why and ramifications and that stuff. Sure thing. Uh, Last week, they announced that they would put a pause on renewables till uh, till, I think mid-February, sometime in February, uh, which is about six months, a little more. What the word pause means is that they will not be approving any new applications for renewable power generation in the province. Uh, Projects that have already received their their approvals can can 
can go ahead and projects that are up and running, of course, can continue to put power into the market. But new power generation or new power applications are stopped. There were about 15 projects that were in front of the regulator, the Alberta Utilities Commission, but there are almost 100, I think the figure was 91 projects that were in some phase of development. So, uh, I mean, that's that's hundreds of millions of dollars in investment that's uh, all of a sudden been, uh, you know, tucked in the freezer. Why would they do that? What's Danielle Smith said about it? Well, it depends when you ask her. Um, hmm. I, 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 don't, I don't mean to be, be flippant, but in the original government announcement said that uh, they were putting this pause in place in order to ensure some long-range guidelines for the industry. Like there are land use issues, for example. Uh, rural communities were concerned about high-quality agricultural land being taken up by solar farms and, and wind farms. Uh, there are concerns about the reclamation liability. I mean... Alberta landowners have have surely been been burned before by reclamation issues. Can you explain those for those outside of the province? Uh, yeah, sure. Alberta is an oil gas province, has been for uh, for a couple generations now, and uh, the province is dotted all over the place with abandoned oil and gas wells. Right. Some are are what they call orphaned, in that there's there's nobody left to kind of pick up the tab for the cleanup. Others are just abandoned that haven't been cleaned up yet. Uh, there's pipelines, there's uh, like infrastructure all over the place, and landowners don't want to be uh, stuck with similar similar reclamation issues for renewable power. I see. Although it's it's really hard to compare a reclamation of an oil and gas site and a solar power farm because, I mean, a solar power farm is just basically uh, it, it's it's a building, right? It's a bunch of stuff put on concrete platforms and placed on the land. An oil and gas site. There are a whole suite of different concerns around like chemical contamination and sealing off the hole to make sure that nothing migrates up from downhole. I, I, I personally think it's a little bit uh, unfair to compare reclamation of an oil and gas site with the reclamation of a renewable power site. But nevertheless, there are concerns about uh, reclamation of these sites. Uh, you know, landowners once bitten, twice shy. So... Those were the original reasons that Danielle Smith gave for putting this pause in. Uh, Then over the weekend, she has a radio show. And on this radio show, she said, well, we had to put a pause on renewable generation because the federal government won't allow us to build natural gas plants to back up these renewable power generating facilities. Uh, I I guess the the thinking being is that it gets dark at night and sometimes it's calm outside. So if you if you build a solar farm, you have to have some sort of renewable or some in this province natural gas fired power to to, to back it up. She gave a third reason uh, earlier this week. There's there's concern that the the renewable power is is growing so quickly that it's eroding the profitability of the natural gas fired generators and also the natural gas producers. Hmm. So. This is what some analysts say is the, is the real cause for this this pause is that there's a, a powerful constituency of, of natural gas producers in this province and uh, utilities that rely on natural gas. There are analysts who say that uh, the growth in renewable power is, is has the potential to erode their profitability, and this is a this is a traditionally conservative voting constituency mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, the UCP are perhaps looking after their uh, looking after their people. 
Was there any warning that this was coming? You know, you described an industry that had been growing by leaps and bounds. Um, surely that is, uh, in many ways, concerns aside, a good sign for Alberta. Um, were people thinking that something like this might happen? No, they were not. Um, I had a chance to talk to the the utilities minister, Nathan Neudorf, the day that the the policy was announced. And I said, did you talk to anybody in industry? And he said, no, 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 we didn't. And I asked him why. And he said, we, well, we just, we just couldn't get our schedules together, hmm. which strikes me as a particularly lame reason to uh, put a pause on a, you know, a multi-billion dollar industry without warning them. But there was no indication this was, this was going to happen, neither to the industry associations or the, uh, the, the kind of the think tanks that monitor this stuff or the individual corporations that have got projects before the application. I mean, it's been reported that the Alberta Utilities Commission was asking for documents from renewable power generator applications like hours before the pause was announced. So, I mean, literally hours before this this pause was announced, it was business as usual as far as the industry was concerned. It kind of fell on them like a ton of bricks. Danielle Smith has since said that she gave plenty of hints that something was coming. She uh, she pointed to a speech at the uh, she gave at the at R- rural municipalities Alberta that suggested that there were concerns about the rapid growth of renewable energy. But uh, really, aside from reading the tea leaves in in Danielle Smith's speeches, there was no formal warning. There was certainly no formal consultation. It just kind of happened to them. What has the industry said about um, the decision, which I'm sure obviously they don't like, but about what it does to the projects that they were hoping to get approval for? Like, I'm trying to get a sense of how gummed up the works are. Well, it's early days yet. The works are still in the process of being gummed. <laughs> so, I mean, the industry is just like they're, 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 they're stunned. I, I've spoken to a couple of, uh, of companies with renewable projects in the works and uh, like Almost immediately, they were talking about investment dollars leaving the province. If I can back up here for a minute, Alberta's had a natural advantage in renewable power for some years now. Uh, Our government, I believe it was a New Democrat government at the time, deregulated our electricity market in in an effort to get renewable power going. This was a deliberate policy choice. And what that means is... There's no crown corporation that generates power in Alberta, like, uh, you know, Manitoba Hydro or Sask Power. We don't have that here. Hmm. We have privately owned corporations and anybody who wants can come up with with an idea for renewable power. They can go to a consumer, which in Alberta is usually a large industrial consumer, say like uh, like an oil sands facility, right? Or 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 whoever, like, like Amazon, for example, has bought renewable power, and they can they can cut a deal. The uh, the producer and the consumer can can cut a deal, a private deal, and say uh, it's called a power purchase agreement. We'll buy so much power from you at such and such a rate for so long, and then you just go through the Alberta Utilities Commission, a regulatory hearing, and Bob's your uncle, you're in. So what this has meant is there's lots of companies who want to come in and, and buy renewable energy because, first of all, it's, it's cheap energy. Secondly, it generates uh, carbon credits for them because it's renewable energy, and they can use that to uh, apply against some of their other operations, which, you know, for oil sands company is, is an attractive proposition.
Do we know what Albertans as a whole think of this? I realize that, like you mentioned, it's still early days, but is this something that the populace was pushing for? Like, do people in Alberta think that they're getting too much renewable energy all of a sudden? It depends, again, on who you ask. Rural communities, there is legitimate concern. These are... uh, I mean, you can't describe these as these facilities as unobtrusive. They're very large. They take up a lot of visual space. As I said before, rural landowners have uh, have got some some skepticism about these kind of industrial facilities being built in in rural areas. So, rural Albertans do have legitimate concerns about about these facilities and. I would suggest that there is some relief in in small towns that this rush, there's no other way to describe it, is paused. Mm. However, right now, uh, there's a petition circulating in the the province that uh, is calling on the government to uh, reverse the pause. I think it was uh, struck up yesterday or the day before, and it's got thousands of names on it already. The move has been universally decried by energy economists, by by industry experts, by, uh, I mean, not surprisingly, by environmental groups, by business groups. I would not say it's generally popular. It has support among certain constituencies that this government is particularly sensitive to, i.e. rural Albertans, from whom come most of the UCP seats. And, uh, you know, uh, sort of small and medium natural gas producers from which comes a large part of the UCP's uh, fundraising. You know, I'm talking to you from Ontario where there is, you know, an entire campaign to lure uh, Torontonians and Ontarians out to Alberta um, <laughs> because it's growing and it's fast and it's, you know, technology is coming and et cetera, et cetera. And we're calling, we're calling. Alberta's calling. That's right. Um, <laughs> what do analysts think about what this does to sort of the overall image that the province has been projecting over the past little while? Oh, man, Alberta's gotten terrible press on this, just terrible press, uh, not only nationally uh, and not only provincially, but internationally. Uh, papers like The Guardian, American News Networks. I mean, it's just there's two places in, in North America that I am aware of that are doing this. There's Alberta and there's Texas. Huh. Both of them have put in pauses on renewable energy. And, uh, you know, everybody else is just scratching their heads. Uh, I mean, it it comes at a terrible time because Alberta had this head start on renewable energy. And we were, as you know, I've I've given you the numbers, things were going really, really well. And other jurisdictions were starting to wake up to the fact that they better get their their act in here. And they are now starting to, to look at ways to open up their electrical systems. So Alberta is closing doors at a time when other jurisdictions are opening them particularly in the U.S., which is, uh, you know, the the Inflation Reduction Act that the the Biden administration has passed has has opened up all kinds of incentives for renewable power. This is is very mobile money. Alberta stands the risk of, of losing out on that. And, you know, it's like people in the energy sphere think about Alberta energy or environment spirit think about Alberta, they think of the oil sands, right? Yeah. It's an, and it's a it's a big fat black eye for us. The renewable energy success was a story that we could point to and say, look, we are leading the country and in, in some ways leading the world in renewable energy. Give us a break. And uh, we can't say that anymore. I mean, the 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 government says this is just six months. People calm down. 
It's just a little hiccup, but it's not just six months, you know, because you, you do this now. This is the time when companies are making their capital spending plans for next year's construction season. Uh, they're not going to be making any construction plans now under a pause. So really, you're losing at least a year. And you're also telling industry that, hey, Alberta is a province where crazy stuff can happen and overnight you can be shut down. That is not conducive to what uh, business writers like to call business certainty. I think the ripples from this are going to last a lot longer than six months. Not to mention the fact that, you know, people who work in this industry basically kind of go from job to job like construction workers do. And, uh, you know, these guys won't have any work for the next six months. What's the word been from Ottawa about this? I know uh, the federal government and the province don't exactly have the best relationship. How does this impact uh, plans for net zero? How does this potentially impact fights over a carbon tax? Um, what comes next in that relationship? This is such a complicated question. There are so many different tables, that, 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 things that the, the feds are negotiating with Alberta on. I mean, the, the, probably the most germane one is the uh, the federal goal of having a, a net zero electric grid by 2035. Alberta has said, no way, we can't do it. We're going to do it by 2050, which is long enough off so that it doesn't really have to bother anybody today. Now, there hasn't really been much response from Environment Minister Stephen Gilbo or uh, or Jonathan Wilkinson over in National Natural Resources. My experience has been is that the feds kind of like to sit back a little bit when Alberta does things like this and uh, kind of lets the uh, lets the dust settle. But I mean, I don't I don't see how this can help Alberta's uh, negotiations with the feds when, uh, I mean, Alberta says, look, we can't make your 2035 deadline. And the feds can now say, well, hey, you're not even trying. The other irony that we haven't touched on here is that the original rationale for doing this was a planning rationale, right? We don't want to go ahead with this until we have land use planning and environmental regulations in place for this industry. When you compare that to how successive Alberta governments have, have dealt with the oil patch, the contrast could not be clearer. I mean, the the financial security that uh, the the provincial governments holds for the cleanup of the oil sands, for example, is a small fraction, tiny fraction, of what it's going to take to clean up that mess. Um, as I've already mentioned, there's abandoned oil and gas sites all over the province, and there's still no legislation that requires oil companies to clean up their mess within a certain time of stopping production, as there is in almost every other oil producing jurisdiction in the world. The contrast between how they've handled the fossil fuel power generation and how they're handling renewable power generation could not be starker. So what happens now? I mean, are there any levers to be pulled here by anyone involved? Or is this simply like, okay, the government did it. We have to, everybody has to wait and fume until they decide to undo it. Well, that, uh, what you just suggested is, is the most likely scenario. There is some precedent for this government backtracking off of unpopular decisions. A couple of years ago, they thought it would be a great idea to open up the eastern slopes of the Rocky Mountains to open pit coal mining. I mean, this went through, right? This this became the law of the land, and uh, 
there were a, a large number of companies who took out exploration leases and much work was done and, and money was spent. But there was such a huge public outcry against the despoiling of these landscapes that Albertans love that the government eventually was forced to backtrack. They just canceled that whole move. Now, we'll see what happens with renewable power. Uh, if there is enough support for renewable power for the government to backtrack on this, I can't really see it. It's not the same kind of issue. It doesn't go to the heart of what it means to be Albertan in the way that the Rocky Mountains thing did. But uh, the most likely scenario is, as you suggest, that this will happen. Six months from now, we'll get some kind of report. Who knows what it'll say? It will probably impose more conditions on renewable energy. Industry won't be happy about that. But we'll see. If I was, you know sitting on uh, 30 or 40 million dollars that I was waiting to invest somewhere in, a, in putting up some turbines, I'd be a little bit uncertain about Alberta because it's like all bets are off here. Bob, thank you so much for this and thanks for walking us through it. It's a little complicated. Thanks for your interest. It's a very interesting story. Bob Weber of the Canadian Press. That was the big story for more. Head to the big story podcast.ca. Look up whatever you want. We've probably done an episode on it as long as it's Canadian. You can talk to us and suggest an episode if we haven't done the one you're looking for. You can do that by finding us on Twitter at TheBigStoryFPN, by emailing us, hello at TheBigStoryPodcast.ca, or by calling us and leaving a voicemail, 416-935-5935. You can listen to this podcast anywhere they let you listen to podcasts, from your favorite app, to your car play, to your smart speaker where you can find us by asking it to play the Big Story podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. We'll talk tomorrow.